Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Hello, everyone. We're live. We're live. We were not live last Thursday. No, I was in bed. No, we weren't in bed. We were, I was. I, we were I, at I, the horse show. You were at the horse show. I went back to the house and oh yeah, I had a headache. The, the horse show um, last Thursday was kind of a stressful day because we were going down to the horse show. We left super early in the morning and it was raining. So there was three accidents and then that. And rain. you were driving. And then there was, so we had to get set up in the two separate barns get all that set up. And then we still had to ride and the, the warm up was just one arena, one arena yeah. for the CDI and one arena for the national show. So there's like 25 horses in that national show arena. And, uh, and then we had the jog. Oh, you had the jog. And then there was drama with the um, house we were renting. Yes. That's apparently everyone's favorite story. They think it's really funny that um, you told me that I rented the house for the wrong weekend and you went in and like told people that they were in the wrong house. <laughs> well, you couldn't have been wrong. So it had to be. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we apologize for missing last Thursday, but we were having lots of fun at the horse show. What are your biggest, what are your biggest takeaways from the horse show? Uh, to be patient and you just got to roll with whatever happens, you know, show management, they were doing the best they can. I mean, it rained. Uh, and it just, there are things that happen that are outside of everybody's control and I needed to stay calm and not, oh my God, this is wrong and that's wrong. And yeah. just like they're making it happen, the arena I'm going to show and just stay more in a positive mindset and not get run down by all the things that are happening. They're not good or bad. They don't have any meaning until I give them meaning. So yeah showing yeah i mean showing is always that and one of my takeaways is to be flexible because you know you just have to like roll with the punches and going down to the show we didn't get to school in the competition arenas and you know we maybe didn't have the most perfect warm-up but everyone was in the same boat as we were and so it was just a matter of like being flexible and trying to just do the best that you can and also relying on your training, like knowing, okay, I've prepared my horse the best that I can. Well, I did that for and... Orion because I didn't think that, you know, Orion's 18 and she's got this seven-year-old horse uh, for about 10 months now and he's spicy. And I just didn't think that her riding in that situation was going to be positive. I was like, you know, you're not going to forget what you know. He's not going to forget what he knows. So you're just going to ride him tomorrow. And it went super. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was also a moment. So Herman was warming up for one of his tests on Frankie and there's, I think it's an insurance thing, but they won't let you be in the oh, ring yeah. when the drag and the water come. And so he had like 10 minutes before his ride and the gatekeeper who's a volunteer. And so you don't want to be like rude to her, but she was like, you can't be in here. 
And then the other volunteer came and yelled yeah. from the other arena. So then I went into the CDI arena because that one was close. And they're like, you can't be here. And I'm like, so where can I be? And I have to ride in five minutes at this point. Yeah. You, you can ride on the So anyway, it was fine. And yeah. then the TD came and thanked me for being, but you know, it's not the volunteer's fault. And yeah, it's just one ride. So it was just, they didn't skip. But anyway, it's and we, right yeah. Um, and we do have to say thank you to the volunteers because that to have a show like that, some of them are paid, but a lot of them are just volunteering, like the scribe and the gatekeeper. And I always try to thank them. Or sometimes we all get a little stressed before the test, but always after the test, you know, just take a moment to like thank them for their time because it really, um, we need those volunteers and they are just volunteers. And it's hard when like there's miscommunication or the management hasn't planned something right. You know, you kind of take it out on them and it's not. It's not fair. Um, oh, my second takeaway is have fun at the horse shows. We have a blast. The we had a lot the of house fun. on the property and all the clients and everybody and hanging out and cooking and eating together. That's that's really oh, and your mom came and that was super helpful. But we're all hanging out and staying together and having meals, and it's really just a good time. And I think there's a balance of you know, when you go to a show, you want to do well. And so like that competitive side kicks in and the pressure of the show, but you have to balance that. If you get too intense about it and put too much pressure on, it takes the fun out of it and your horse doesn't like it and your horse doesn't perform as well. And so you have to find that happy medium where you're rising to the occasion and riding your best, but you always have to remember to like be proud of your horse and have fun and enjoy the journey. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Right. That was my plan. And that's why I got a good score the first day. And then the second, I mean, and that was my plan to do exactly that. It went really, really well on the first day. And then I thought, okay, the next day I'm going to do more. That didn't go as well. Yeah. That went poorly. Yeah. Cause I pushed more and I stressed her and I made her uncomfortable and she was like, Oh my God, what happened? And I was like, Oh, I wanted to get a higher score. So I pushed more and that was a mistake. <laughs> but it's also important to kind of know your horse and know where you can push them, where you need to back off. And sometimes you make a mistake and you push them too much. And so you say, okay, well, that didn't work. You know, tomorrow's another day. Every horse is different. Um, and they require like a different warm up and kind of a different routine at the horse show. And, and that just take t takes time. It takes time to get to know your horse. Like this is only your second, second show. show with second Frankie. Show. At the same place, second show, we took her there in March. And so you're still kind of getting to know like how much you can push her, how much not. Um, for me, I was really proud of Kensington. Kensington is my eight year old and Kensington's been a tricky horse to train because he's like a tricky mix of he can appear on the outside, like kind of like lazy or dull, but he's actually a really sensitive horse. He just internalizes. And so at horse shows, he kind of like goes into his shell and like he won't move. Stuck there. Yeah. He like won't move. He won't breathe. He won't do anything. And so I've been really working on that at home is like getting him hotter and getting him more confident with moving because he moves so big that he kind of scares himself a little bit. Um, and so I was really proud of how well he did. And I feel like I really dialed in my warm up where I was able to have an efficient warm up 
to get him like hot enough, but still relaxed. And that's, I think the tricky part of dressage is that they have to be hot and kind of turned on, especially at the upper levels, but they also have to be really, um, relaxed as well. It's very Zen. You've got to go and not go. You have yeah. to hold without holding. You have to have legs without hands and hands without legs. And yeah. it's, if it were easy, yeah, everybody would do it and do well. It's just not so easy. But showing is, it's always an adventure. You always learn something new about your horse. And that's just part of it. Like the first day with Harvey um, in the Grand Prix, he got like really scared between, like I had a pretty good warm up, And then when I went from the warm up to the ring, he got really scared. Like there was too much time and there's like this big archway, blue archway, which he hates. And then they and, sent him away because they weren't ready. Yeah. So he got to the arch and he turned away and went away. And he was like, oh yeah, I don't have to go in there. And then, and then the then, race horses came and by. And then we had to take him back in there. He was yeah. like, wait a minute, but I didn't have to go 10 seconds ago, yeah. a minute ago. Why do I got to go now? Yeah. So that really kind of And then they also feng shui. Yeah. And then they also, um, in the CDI, they open and close the, yeah, like, the opening. And Harvey, he's so sensitive and he just like, he got scared. Like he was legitimately scared. And so I had to have a different approach the next day. The next day I was like, okay, I'm just making sure they're ready. And then just like trotting in without any hesitation because the first day when he felt my hesitation because they weren't ready and I wasn't, it was unclear what was happening then he just lost his confidence and that was hard to recover from. But he, you know, I was really, really proud of how he did on, on Sunday. It was his first Grand Prix special. That test is like forever. It's so long. It the goes, special, the trot, the, the trot, trot work trot, goes on and on and forever. And then you finish with some more trot. Yeah. But, um, but I was really, really proud of Harvey. And then of course, Natasha, won the freestyle, which is amazing because Natasha is a very talented horse, but she's a horse that if you like saw me warming her up, you'd be like, why is Amelia riding that pony? And then when she goes in the ring or when she starts massaging, she like grows two hands and she's really a cool horse. And I'm very grateful. Her owner's name is Karen. Karen watches these sometimes. And Karen's just wonderful. She's so supportive and she really trusts me and my judgment with Natasha, which is great because she's basically like, whatever I think is best for Natasha, she goes with that. So Natasha is a very special horse. Um, okay, there's a question from Anna. My horse always speeds up when going down the center line. I have halted ton, but he just throws his head really high up and is hard to control. Do you have any tips on fixing that? So what are you reading into that question? Because I'm reading some things. Um, so I think it's important. I used to have a horse that did that. Do you remember Trump, my oh, really? my black thoroughbred? He would do that. I'd go down the center line and I'd just be like, oh, shoot. Um, but it's always, I think it's a symptom of a more basic problem. So it sounds like the horse isn't through and the horse isn't relaxed. So you need to fix that in a different situation you can't fix that on the center right and so yeah the half halt a ton um and then he throws his head up so it's, it's too much that's pressure. too much pressure i mean that's what i'm from that i'm gathering it's just too much pressure 
and you need to get down that center line and just a happy shaka bra where it's all good we're all friends here and you just go down that center line because if he's not doing it on the rail then i also think well maybe your brain is changing when you're not on the rail and you're trying on the center line that there's something different about how you ride a center line as opposed to how you ride the rail so if you're getting transitions down to the halt on the rail and then not on the center line my first and then you have halting a ton i'm thinking wow less is more yeah you do less that's and help that relaxation which was what amelia was saying yeah the other thing that you can do that I do a lot is like go up the center line and when your horse starts to like rush or get strong, just make a 10 meter circle and then go up the center line. And when they get strong, make a circle and think about when you're on the center line, you can have your horse in a little bit shoulder four or shoulder in still to kind of break that up. But it sounds and to me he like. Rushes, make circles. Yeah. Don't start grabbing at his face. I mean, that's what I'm thinking, right? If his head's coming up, I think it's just too much pressure. So circles are better and just keep working them down the center line a little bit straight make a circle and help that relaxation yeah but pulling on two reins doesn't work yeah it just it simply does not work yeah oh here's my list of things that we have to go over oh on another note i'm gonna be doing the western states horse expo at the beginning of june june 10th and 11th in sacramento I will be doing a presentation. We'll have a booth there. So let me know if you guys are planning on coming to that. Um, then we're going to answer some questions from the 30 day rider position challenge, which is going so well. It's so fun to see all of you guys making progress, working on your position. There's been some awesome testimonials of people just being like, I've made more progress in the last 10 days than I have in the last three years. So that's really fun. One thing that we're doing this week, which has been fun, is you're picking a song to help remind you about your rider position issues. What's your song? Um, because you're always, <laughs> I, okay, there's got to be people who do punk rock, right? Music in the 80s, punk rock. Who does so, punk rock? Anyone? Any, any punk rockers out there? <laughs> so Joellen said, no, you can't use that song. So um, I went with uh, Ministry Breathe. And if you Google up ministry, breathe, that's how I talk inside my head to myself. So there you go. Because breathing okay. helps a lot. My yeah. song is I can see clearly now the rain has gone so that I remember to look up. So that's good. Because I have a terrible habit of looking down. If you're in the challenge, uh, Nicole, the girl that works for me, she's making a Spotify playlist with all of the songs. So I think that's going to be fun. First question. Rachel, she needs help with her warm up. So she says, it's so hard to keep my position when he's wiggly and not in front of my leg. I want to give him a longer rein to let him stretch and relax, but then I tend to overcorrect with my hands. Could you read that one again? Okay. So warming up her horse, she uh -huh. has trouble maintaining her position when he's wiggly and not in front of her leg. Okay. She wants to give him a longer rein to let him stretch, yeah. but then she overcorrects with her hands. The overcorrect means then she snatches it up after you think? Or like if, if the horse gets wiggly, then she's like oh, 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 doing oh, oh. that with her okay. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. You answer um, first? Go ahead. So I would say that um, I would probably keep your reins a little bit shorter to start with. With some horses, it's not really practical. Like, yeah, we want to a lot of times stretch them in the warm up. 
but sometimes you have to start them in like more of a horizontal frame and get them in front of the leg and then let them stretch down. And it sounds like that might be the case. I would also recommend more transitions to help get him in front of the leg in the warm-up. Uh, my guess is, you know, from what that is, your instincts are right. You're just overdoing it a little bit and you just got to fine tune that. Yeah, you want to stretch him down. Whoa, I went too far. Well, you know, <clears throat> good decisions are based on bad decisions. So, you know, this bed's too hard. This one's too soft. This one's just right. So you overdid it a little bit. So the next time you don't do it as much, or maybe you do it and start to fine tune that, but there's nothing in there that's like, oh my God, you've done the wrong thing. It just seems like you've done too much and you need to find the right amount. Yeah. But it's always the case that it's the hardest to maintain your position when your horse is not going well. Like when your horse is going well, it's right. Then easy. it's easy. Yeah, it's right, when... but that doesn't really count. You have to do it right when your horse does it right. That's hard. That's the hard part. But some, I mean, you have to like be effective, like get a result and then get and... your position correct and then get a result. And sometimes, you know, as long as you're aware of it, I mean, sometimes you do get a little bit out of position. Right, and the horse you do just... get a little wiggly. And then, you know, Anna said it at the at the when she came and spoke and remember she was like you just crash ride from here to there so yeah sometimes that happens okay here's another question from amy how do you feel about cavaletti work and if you use cavaletti what exercises do you like i did cavaletti work today i set I out our cavalettis i saw them so cavaletti work is great i think it's um a really good way to change things up get your horse motivated I always think that it's really important to start with it slowly because if you like go and put like five Cavalettis out and your horse has never like even gone over one Cavaletti, it can that's really a, that's scare That's optimistic. Them. Yes. So you want to always start like just walking over one Cavaletti, even like hand walking your horse over it if you've never done them before and then add two and it's important to find the correct spacing. You really need kind of to have someone on the ground to help you, like if you want to set up a sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I generally just do a pole and I trot it and I canter it and uh, yeah. and a pole and then a cavaletti up and I'll trot into it and change the that distance for the canter stride and yeah, horses have fun with it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's a great exercise. It's great to mix things up. We, we are really fortunate at our barn because we have five arenas and we have this huge jumping arena in the back, which used to have jumps and now it has a dressage court in the middle, but That's it's the show great. Arena. Yeah, but it's great because you can go on the outside of the dressage arena and it's like basically like more than two dressage courts will fit in there. So you can just gallop around the yeah, edge. It's wider than two circles. and longer than one but horses get bored like if you just ride them in the same arena every single day yeah it gets drilling really boring for them. you know just drilling drilling kilometer training is not what we're after you don't want to drill and grind them okay if you guys are watching live and you have questions put them in the chat because i thought i posted on facebook but i can't find it elizabeth has a question i'm having blocks on teaching my horse lead changes because i don't know where to start do you have any tips simple changes 
Yes. Simple changes on the curve line. Hundreds and hundreds of simple changes. You have to be able to go like leftly can or walk, rightly can or walk, leftly can or walk, rightly can or walk. Amelie says, what does it mean when the trainer says inside leg to outside rein to improve bend? What should your body be doing? Oh, that's a good question. Wow, that's almost not simple. <laughs> <laughs> right, because that really is the essence of it all, right? Inside leg to outside, outside rein. rein. It's the secret to dressage, right? So how do we get our horse going from inside leg to outside rein? And, you know, it's, you want, you just, you want access into that rib cage. You want this to be soft. You want to feel the inside hind leg in your outside rein because your outside rein does everything. Your outside rein turns your horse. It regulates the tempo. It closes the frame. The inside rein is just suppling. Now, when you're going to the right, you could always just change the flexion to the left. And now if you're traveling right now, your right hand has become technically your outside rein because you've got the bend now left. But you've always looking to be able to ride your horse diagonally through from your right leg to your left hand and your left leg to your right hand because that makes your horse supple and in self-carriage. Yeah. And it's also important. So her, her trainer is telling her inside leg to outside rein to improve bend. So to bend your horse you start with your inside leg. So like if you're, if you're changing direction or grab pokey. Um, if you want to go on a circle, you always start the bend with your inside leg. That's step number one. You're because in, you have the outside rein. That's pokey. You have the outside rein and your outside leg and then your inside leg into the ribs, yeah. into the ribs. I don't know if you can see that well there. Yeah. So your inside leg moves outside your rain, horse into outside the outside rein. And then access to the rib cage, access to, and it's not constantly pushing because if you lean in, you just leave your leg next to him. Your legs got to breathe. Those are his ribs right there that your legs have to breathe his ribs. It's going to be all very fluid, but the bend is just that access in through the rib cage. Yeah. And your leg just breathes and you mush it and you live and you mush it and you let it. But it's important too for the bend that your outside leg is behind the girth. Because if you if you just put your inside leg on, but you don't have your outside leg back, right, then your horse it just falls to the outside. Right. If you don't have an outside leg and you push, whoops, you have to have <laughs> an outside leg and outside rein so that when you push, you get in them around your inside leg and forward into the bridle. Yeah. So um and so yeah, then, I mean it's a very it's that's it's very quite difficult that. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's hard. It's like how I mean for I remember it wasn't until I started riding with Christine Traurig that I really like felt the horse bend around my inside leg. And for a long time it was just like, is that even possible? Like, can a horse even bend around the inside leg? Because it's this coordination of aids. And I think it's also important. I mean, part of why it took me so long to get that is because I was always riding green horses and like problem horses. And, you know, when you're just first starting out with a green horse, you kind of use like inside rein and inside leg to turn. And then like, as you add things in, you start working on the bend around the inside leg, but it's definitely like a graduation of steps because it is, it is tricky. 
Apparently somebody disagrees. There's just a no. Oh, that was from that was from a while ago. We're yeah. behind in the comments. Oh. Okay. Another question from Amelie. Sometimes I struggle to get my horse to do the stretchy trot. He just doesn't put his head down. Any tips? Oh, someone likes punk rock. Yay! Like Whoever Facebook user with the ministry. Thank you. <laughs> See, honey, I'm not alone. <laughs> someone else likes the drop kick Murphy. Yes, they're fantastic. Oh, yeah. Ellie Frey, she's so funny. Her, um, her song is Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes. She also did the Hokey Pokey song. I remember to, that one. That was terrific. To remind her. Um, okay, what are we going to do with our horse that won't stretch down? Honey, what's your solution? The first thing is you got to make sure that the tempo is staying uh, real, real steady. Okay. Um, so what they don't what speed up. Right, that's it. They don't speed up. When you give them the reins. Or lots, slow down. Yeah, well, the slowing down, it, it just it just affects the balance. And so you've got to make sure that that trot is steady and you flex one side and you soften and you flex the other side and you soften and move your hands. But if the horse is going to speed up, then they're onto the forehand and they can't stretch because they're just running downhill yeah. at that point. So it's really important that you get them balanced on all four legs and then try to step, make the stretch. And then yeah. it's supple either side and get rid of the, the stiffness, the hardness in the neck. But keeping that inside mm -hmm. rein to out inside leg to outside rein connection yeah. helps you with your stretch. And it's also important that when you go to the stretch that you like feed the reins out slowly and kind of like only give as much as your horse reaches down. Because what I see happen a lot is people are going along and they just like lean forward and throw the reins at their horse. And you have to kind of like right, the funnel is, the neck down. Yeah, you funnel the neck down because the horse is still supposed to be on the bit, right? We, we teach the horses to go to the contact. So wherever that bit is, that's where his head should go. Okay, here's another question. They say, dear, dear stars, apparently we're stars. <laughs> I'm interested to learn more about the half halt technique. I'm an endurance rider and I think this will help me a lot, specifically with pulling horses during the race so okay endurance that's like when you go trot 100 miles yeah <laughs> <clears throat> so to i would just school the half halt maybe at home in the barn before you try it out <laughs> i don't know i've never gotten i've never done endurance riding i have no okay. idea about what that entails exactly you haven't have you ever gone on the hunt on the fox hunt i went on the fox hunt that was when i was like 15 or i don't even know 16 we went fox hunting with dr beeman and we were out there like in our snaffle bits with our quarter horses it was insane just like full gallop I've done um, that, but Colonel <laughs> Weimer had he's super he, he did fox hunting in Virginia, and so we were there anyway. We're off the topic, so okay. Um, I think though, like intermittent, like and also if you can teach your horse like a little shoulder in, or if you can get them inside leg to outside, right? Rain, that's because, why the shoulder in because that way you've got the ribs soft and you can get the neck soft, and then your half halt can come through it's like to the tor hind yeah, because. If you think about leverage, like because horses are so much stronger than us. Pulling is never a good idea. Right. But if you can get your horse like sideways, like 
in shoulder in where they're, I don't want to say crooked, but they are like at an angle, your half halt is more powerful. So um, that would be my suggestion is teach your horse like shoulder in and then make sure that your half halts are like, like slow down, release, release. Slow, slow down, down release. release. Don't just pull. You have to like do it in increments. In increments. And it's just re repeat, repeat, repeat. And don't try and get a great big half halt all at once. And then the other thing is when you do two or three of those and it's not working, change the gate. Go from the trot to the walk. Oh my gosh, there's so many questions. Okay, Don, my mare is not responsive to my leg. I'm working so hard to get her forward that I'm more tired than her sometimes. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you because we've all been there. What can I do to help her be more forward, more responsive, and for me to work less? Trot halts. And a rather transitions and a rather explosive trot out of that halt because you've got to get a better reaction to your leg and not work harder, don't work stronger, teach a better reaction. So halt, you close your calf if that doesn't work, calf with the whip and just bounce away. And I don't care if the horse's head is up, I don't care if the horse's head is down. I mean, it you just have to get the response to the leg. And also remember to release your aids because I think, especially yes. when you're riding a, like a lazy horse, you want to chase them and you never like release your aids. So with a, with a lazy horse, you actually have to take your leg off more. Like you have to physically take your leg off, like get a reaction and then remove your leg so that when you put your leg back on your horse, hears it. Because if you're constantly kicking and squeezing, then um, your horse just doesn't listen to it. Okay, here's a funny one. Carol's wondering why is it called a simple change when it's not simple? Because we all just agree that that's the name of that thing. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we do, like you have to follow but not get left behind. So how could you follow if you don't, if you're not behind? So there's a lot of things that we say that they just have meaning in our world. And I guess because it's more simple than a flying change. Right. Yeah. Right. You have to differentiate between flying change and the change from canter walk to canter. So you just give it a simple, the name, simple change. They could have called it fruit for whatever reason. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. Okay. So we've had two questions about the chair seat, which we should probably talk about because in the 30 day rider position challenge, I noticed that a lot of you guys are riding in a chair seat, which is a problem because uh, you can't put your leg effectively on the horse and- Tends to um, stiffen your back and you can't real fall over well. Yes. You end up hanging a lot. So earlier there was a question about someone that had knee replacements and so was having trouble pulling her leg back. What, uh, and then there's another one here. What other exercises besides pulling your leg back for the chair seat? So I think, um, for the chair seat, you know, I've talked about like, you have to kind of engage your hamstring and keep a bend in your knee. Sometimes you have to like consciously think about that, but sometimes the chair seat can be caused by your saddle or a little bit by your horse's confirmation and your confirmation. So that might be something that you have to take into account. Like, I hate to tell you, like, you have to go buy a new saddle, but sometimes saddles like really put you in a chair seat. 
Well, lots of saddles that they design today put people in a seat, right? They just, then they don't really allow you to move around in them either. So yeah, that could have happened. But there's some saddles that are like designed, like basically if you look at a saddle, when you're not sitting in it and you have the stirrups down, you want the stirrup should hang just a little bit, like just a few inches in front of the deepest part of the saddle. So if you look at like, if you imagine where your seat would be in the saddle, and then you look down from that, where is the stirrup hanging? And if the stirrup is hanging like way far forward, then the saddle itself is oh, going to put you, you in a chair. The, uh, you can do the pencil test. Yeah, the pencil test. What's the pencil test? So grab me a pencil. That's not a pencil. That's a pencil. Oh, it's a pen. Well, I know, but the pen's got lumps. You need a pencil because it lays flat. So you have your saddle, right? And you put your pencil in it and it'll roll to the deepest, to the part. deepest part. And if the deepest part is way back here, that's not and your good. stirrups like way up here. So, if your stirrups hanging way up here, because your saddle should be level in the in the on the horse's back, and so when you roll that pencil on there, that pencil should be where you you're sitting. But if the pencil's rolled back here, then you're going to want to uh, shim that saddle some. Yeah, this will definitely help you stay in the chair seat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's something else to consider as well, um, is to check that your saddle is balanced properly and that it just helps you to stay in that correct position. Okay, one more question, and then we're going to the gym, right? Go ahead. Getting our muscles. Um, okay. Oh, here's an interesting one. I have a mare that always switches leads in the hind legs on a downward transition of the canter to trot. What can I do to fix this? Haunches in. Oh, haunches in. That's a good, I like that. That will help because that will help to keep the inside hind leg. What we were saying earlier about forward. that inside leg to the outside aids and you have to have an outside leg. So if you keep your outside leg, you can influence where her haunches are going and then so anyway, and if that is, you know, I mean, just hugging her isn't enough, then you little haunches in feeling. Okay, we have a ton more questions, but we're not going to get to answer all of them. I apologize. If you're in the challenge, I'll be live on Sunday. Maybe you'll join me. On Sunday? What yeah. time is that? 1.30. I'll be home by then. Yeah. So if I'm you're taking two days, so if I'm you're in the 30-day position challenge, we will be answering your questions on Sunday. We also did some very fun filming today with Herman starring as the instructor. What did we film today? Uh, haunches in, shoulder in. Uh, cone the, the exercises. Cone, the 10, the 10 meter circle. Those down are your favorite. Line. That's I your do. trademark exercise. I, I like that one a lot. Yes. So, and then we did the ice cream cones into the Canada part. Oh, yeah. And then that I was got fun. horribly excited about the pulling transition downwards, which. <laughs> He gets a little excited when he teaches. I get a little excited. It's and all good. Now it's on tape and you all get to hear it later. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I hope you guys all have a wonderful evening. Bye, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club. Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage and mark the question for the live sessions. 
Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.